The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. I'm Adam. And this is... The final top ten. This is our final top ten episode. Uh, if you missed the uh, the announcement, um, I don't know where you've been, <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to be ending the podcast soon. I think after this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. After this one is the last one. We'll this the is the penultimate one. episode. Yeah, penultimate. Uh, so we are going to do our top 10 underrated songs. I'm kind of using this as a catch-all for all of the songs that maybe we didn't get to talk about, but we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had We had a few rules uh, for this. One, it could not be a song that we had already talked about as a top 10 or an album review, mm-hmm. because then we would have already discussed it. Um, I also tried to stay away from songs that we talked about during our movie reviews, um, but that was a little bit easier because most of the songs we talked about during our movie reviews were poppy top tens that would have sure. been on an underrated songs list anyway. Um, I also tried to stay away from songs that made it very high onto the Billboard Top 100. I tried um, to do that as well. Um, I, I looked through my lists. If they... There was one of my songs that like actually didn't really chart at all, or a couple of them that I was gonna do that like weren't really high in the charts, but over time they had been so loved that they were on like mm-hmm. Rolling Stones' 500 greatest songs of all time list. I was like, oh, then that's not over underrated. Like that's that right. people are now appreciating that. So um, I tried to for me, I tried to go with songs that. Might be slightly lesser known by artists that maybe we've already talked about or that we know of, but these aren't their biggest hits. And I think these are damn good ones. And there's a couple in there that I have are just like songs that from probably artists that you may not even know, but you should. Right. I Most of mine are going to be from artists that probably aren't as well known. Okay. Um, in fact, all out of all of my top 10, I only have one song that even made it onto the Billboard Top 100. Uh, most of them are from very much indie or lesser known oh, bands that okay, wouldn't, okay. otherwise wouldn't have talked about. Ooh, now, okay. some of them are going to be bands that you've heard of yeah, and maybe just aren't familiar with certain things. And I, I there's at least two, I think, that almost no one's going to have heard of. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about these. Uh, this was a tough list to put together because it's very open. Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to be it's very, very open ended and you can interpret underrated different ways. Sure. It could be like a beloved song and you're like, it's still underrated and, and fight that way, you know? Right. So it could, we could pretty much have any, I'm not expecting any common songs. I'm not either. I'm not either. Um, I, I will be shocked if, if there's, I'll be shocked if really there's any of the same bands Yeah. on here. Okay. Uh, all right. So I'm ready to kind of jump in and, and maybe, maybe learn some new songs. I'm hoping that's what will happen here. And if, if not for us, then hopefully at least for the audience. Yes. Yeah. I think that is uh, definitely hopefully what will happen. So, Adam, why don't you start off with your number 10? All right. So um, I've made it no uh, secret that one of my favorite genres in the late 90s, early 2000s was new metal. Um, you know, we both loved grunge and I followed farther, deeper down the darker uh, metal and rock rabbit hole and uh, this band I found I can't even remember it, it was either hunting around through some other different um, new metal stuff I think probably on Napster or Kazaa something like that and I ended up mm-hmm. finding these guys album I, I, I ended up buying one of their albums maybe that was it I might have like found it like as a cheap album on um, at media play or something like that I honestly can't remember how I found these guys but I really enjoyed them, and they have a good, like, new metal rap, um, rap inspired, but not like really intense. Mm-hmm. But there's some more to it. Um, the band is called From Zero, and the song I want you to check out is called Erase. Feels like someone killed my soul and so 
they they sound. I mean, I would say their their vocal is solid. Um, they're not they're not as strong as like someone like a Seven Dust or other stuff. Like they're mm-hmm. you know they don't have a nice awesome sound, uh, clean sound like Erno or singing like Lejean um, from from that band or whatnot. But they're always a band that I've always that I've listened to and been able to like enjoy their music, get really into it. Um, good for like, you know, you just need to get a little pissed off energy out. That's what new music, new metal music is great for. Uh, and so I want to highlight the band and the song Erase from From Zero. That's cool. Um, I feel like I've heard the name From Zero before, but I could, I would never have been able to pinpoint into their music. Uh, so that's, it's, that's, uh, that's a cool thing, um, to learn. I, I do also enjoy new metal. So learning about any kind of new new metal band that I maybe had missed. <laughs> Uh, during the 2000s is uh, always appreciated, I think. Okay. Uh, all right, so my number 10 probably could have been on my top 10 weird songs, except for their entire album is weird songs, so it didn't quite qualify. Um, but this was a band I was introduced to in uh, high school. Um, I had a friend who was really big into kind of like underground bands and that sort of thing so i was exposed to a lot of stuff like that and this came off of their 1991 self-titled album and the song is squeeze me macaroni <laughs> by mr bungle okay I mean, it sounds very akin to Primus. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the if the voice sounded familiar to you, uh, that is because that is Mike Patton, the lead singer of Faith No More. Ah, okay. Okay, I can hear that uh, now. Yeah. That uh, this was his side project. Um, the entire album is just songs like that. They're all over the place. They're technically amazing and structurally weird and i love that about uh, the songs there's they also have like a regular saxophone player who's who plays in the song there's a really epic saxophone solo in that song um and then there's some like dj stuff and then just some like alternative stuff and a little bit of hip-hop stuff like it's just it's all over the place and um they had they had another song off of that album uh that was originally called travolta but they, they got sued and they had to change it to quote unquote um, that is also good, but I think out of the entire album, this one is my favorite. Uh, so I recommend anyone who's never uh, heard Mr. Muggle and, and likes expanding their musical horizons hmm. uh, to check that one out. All right, very interesting. Uh, all right, number nine. All right, my number nine. Uh, you're going to get a lot of different um, uh, musical genres from me mm-hmm. i think in this one i mean i was started off <laughs> new metal uh, this is about as far as you can get because i'm going into world music and i found i had this cd i have no idea how i got the cd it was like some kind of compilation of a bunch of different stuff and it had two of these guys songs on it his name is habib kwate um he is I can't remember if he uh, is from like Burkina Faso or some someplace um, like uh, the the Western Africa, northern Western Africa. Oh, um, um, Mali, it looks like, mm. uh, is where he is from. Um, and I started listening to this guy, and then I got really into his music af- out of after this uh, compilation album. I don't even know where the heck I got it, and then I found his stuff. Um, and the song I want to recognize for uh, for him is uh, "Din Din Wo." Ah, 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 ah,
So he's got a lot of guitar there. There's some like mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, hand drum kind of stuff in the back um, and whatnot. But he's he's like a, he's a storytelling um, musician. Like his his okay. music is all about uh, the African mentality of what's a what's a griot. Um, so what a griot, I mean, a griot is like a is a storyteller, basically, in African culture. And um, I actually took an African film class at UGA back in the day. I loved that class. His stuff, I thought, was so phenomenal. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. It's got a great feel to it, great vibe to it. It's something I can put on in the background and just kind of like, you know, enjoy the day. Um, and then I found out another time he made an album with one of my favorite blues guys, Eric Bibb. And he oh, had wow. an album um, where him and Eric Bibb put together. And I'm like, holy crap. I mean, I, I would have possibly included Eric Bibb, but the songs that I probably would have recognized were ones I put on our uh, top 10 blues yeah. um, song. So, but yeah, uh, Habib Kwate, check, check him out. Did you, did you say what country he was from? Oh, um, um, Mali is where he's from. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I, yeah, that was very nice. I like that. Okay. Um, so my number nine, Adam, I know you know the song. Okay. Um, it is from a very well-known band, but it's uh, it's one of the ones that was never a single. But this is one of my favorite songs. It is a it's it's a go-to chill song if I if I need to kind of just like chill and zone out. For, for those of you who are not familiar with this particular song, I highly recommend you go find it out. Uh, and it came off of their 2001 album Morning View. I'm going. Acquiesce transmissions oh, man. from Incubus. Or street from their homes long ago. Lying face up on the floor of my vessel. I marvel at the stars and feel my heart overflow. I actually almost had just a phase um, oh, from okay. Morning View on mine because I think that Morning View is a great album, but there's there, I don't think there's a bad song on that album, but they mm. get overshadowed by some of those really big pop, like the, the more well-known hits. Yeah. Um, and those hits are great, amazing songs as well. Yeah. Um, I just remember the first time I listened through this, that, that is the Equest Transmission is the last song on the album. You know, I'm listening through the whole album, a lot of cool rock and stuff, and then you get to this song, and man, it like the first one of the first words is like you're floating down the river or something like that, yeah. And that's what this song feels like. It yeah. feels like you are floating down, yeah. You are floating down a river, and man, I can just lay back, and I could honestly put this song on repeat and just let it run, mm-hmm. and it's it's such a great Zen song. Yeah, absolutely, very good call there. Uh, all right, your number eight. All right, uh, my number eight is maybe from a band you know. I mean, they're popularish. They do indie rock. Um, they have some other songs that have come out that I would possibly probably higher recommend. Um, like late that came out, I think there's well, there's one in 2010. I want to say called Conversation 16. I highly recommend. But the whole band, I haven't. I, I love everything that they do. Um, even I love this stuff. Uh, that the uh, the main guy has worked with Taylor Swift on. Hmm. He helped her with two of her albums, Folklore and Evermore. And I actually listened to the albums like, oh, these this is some Taylor Swift that I'm not necessarily going to hate on because hmm. it's got some of the vibes from this band, which is The National. Um, hmm. So he produced two of those her two of those albums. Uh, and they even had Taylor Swift as a featured artist on one of their songs more recently and and. She's and, and he's been on one of her songs. Um, but the song that I will call out um, by the national is Murder Me Rachel. I saw my love with pretty boy. I saw my love with pretty boy. So say goodbye to pretty boy. Say goodbye to pretty boys. Tomorrow won't be pretty. 
I mean, actually, just with this song, I love the... I saw my love with Pretty Boy. I saw my love with Pretty Boy. So say goodbye to Pretty Boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, good lines. Um, I really like the sound that they that they produce. Um, I've got damn near every national album, and, and I think they're just uh, a band, and, and this song in particular is, is a really strong one from their earlier stuff that fits in the prior to 2005 uh, that I could fit in here. Um, so I wanted to make sure it got on there, and they got a little love. That's cool. I, I like it. It's definitely an indie sound, mm-hmm. kind of a pop-rocky sound. Very interesting. I like that. That's, that's going to be a new band for me to check out. Hey, uh, and then I'll even tell you, check out the uh, Folklore and Evermore from uh, Taylor from, Swift. From like Swift. Is that one the, of her, is that like her earlier ones? No, much more recent. Oh, okay. Much more recent. Um, yeah, the song in particular that I found the best called Cardigan. Check that one out. Okay. I think I've heard of that song, but I could not quote it at all. Um, All right. Uh, My number eight is kind of the only real classic rock group Mm. um, that I have. Uh, It's not a particularly well-known classic rock group, I would say, overall. Um, In fact, I had not heard of them until uh, a band that I was playing with uh, covered the song, and I had to learn it. And it's become one of my, my favorite classic rock ones. Um, it is from their 1972 album, Smokin'. The band is Humble Pie, and the song is 30 Days in the Hole. So just a, a solid classic rock tune. It, it does. It sounds like a very enjoyable classic rock song. Like, I'm surprised I have not heard that before. I, I had not, and uh, I had to learn. I was playing drums in a, in a little group, and I had to learn it. And I was like, man, this song has got a little groove to it. Um, it start, The song starts out a little slow. It's just kind of them, like, singing the chorus, like, a cappella, and then the song kicks in. So it's like, it's like about 30 seconds or so before the actual song kicks in. But it's it's got a very simple but groovy guitar lick. And the singer just kind of emulates the the melody with it. It's a good time. I enjoy it. All right, number seven. Oh, man, I am trying to figure out if my number seven was on a top ten list or not of mine. (laughs) And the problem is I don't have those. I I keep all my notes um, from my, my top ten lists when I started listening or doing, like, the top ten lists but mm-hmm. our very first top ten list that was actually kind of part of this, and not like the, the not the Long Beach Comic Con one. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember what our very first top ten list was? It was grunge songs, wasn't it? It was grunge songs, and I'm curious if I put this one on there. There's a chance I did, and I'm sorry if so, because um, we also probably would have talked to them a little bit about when we had talked either or both Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, because we wouldn't have gotten Pearl Jam without. The death of the lead singer of Mother Love Bone. Uh, yeah, when we talked to our Temple of the Dog album, we definitely would have mentioned them. Um, but my favorite Mother Love Bone song, I think they have some really good music. My favorite one by them is This Is Shangri-La. I want to say that was on the list. Oh, I probably did. All That's right. all right. Let's you know, you do your it. seven. I will find a number seven in this time period. How about that? Oh, okay. I'm confident okay. I'll find another. I've got more that I want to share. All right. Uh, so my number seven actually comes from an album that I, I wanted to do for an album review. We just never got around to it. And it's very special to me. The album is very special to me uh, because the artist was basically, I will say, the first live concert I ever went to. Um, and this was the opening act. So I actually, I've talked about how mom took me to see uh, Sean Colvin. She was the main artist, but her opening act was David Gray. Uh-huh. Um, known for, um, what was that song he was most famous for? Babylon. Yeah, Babylon. Yes. Um, that song, I think, came out in 1999. This is off of his 1994 album, Flesh, which is the only one I actually ever owned. 
And I that is another album that I just love top to bottom. So I had a hard time picking out which one of those I wanted to do. So I settled on the song Made Up My Mind. I like that way better than I like Babylon. Like that's that's yeah. damn damn good. Way better. Yeah, it's he's got he's got a couple of really good catchy songs on there. That's one of them. He has a couple of really heartfelt, lovely ballads as well. Like one on guitar, one on piano. Um, he's and you know what? I I think actually the 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 Scottish accent actually really accentuates his singing. I don't. It's a weird thing mm. to say, but I really I really like that. I can I can definitely hear the Scottish accent. Um, it's a it's a great album, and that song it's so much fun. It's upbeat. It's kind of uh, maybe folk rocky. I mean, there's some acoustic guitar. I mean, he's mostly known for just kind of. When I saw him, it was just him and his acoustic guitar. That was it. He had no band with him. Okay. Um, but I fell in love with this album, and that song in particular. It's definitely one of my favorite upbeat ones from there. It's cool. a lot of fun. All right, did you figure out a, a new seven? I did, and I actually think it fits pretty well as my number seven properly. Um, it is a band that I really, really enjoy. They are an Irish rock band. I kind of have a lot of indie rock stuff um, through some of this portion. Um, that's why, I mean, it's indie rock. It's lesser known, and that's what we're trying to share. And uh, this, so they're, they were an Irish-based band. Um, I honestly, I can't remember. I want to say maybe, maybe Paul? Um, our mother's husband told me about this band and then I got really into them. I can't remember. I really can't remember. Uh, but they have uh, a couple songs right around that mid 2000s. This album came out, came out in 2003 that this song is on. Uh, the band is called Bell X1. And the song that I'm going to recommend is called Tongue. This one's for you. What must I be? I can hear I can hear a little bit of Coldplay in there. I can hear a little bit of U2 in there. Yeah. That's a cool sound. I like that. Yeah, definitely. And they've got some other, some, maybe some songs you might have heard of. I'm not sure. Um, but they are definitely more on that indie rock scene. They're not as big. They're just not as well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they you're right. I, I absolutely have a lot of the um, U2 particularly, but also you're right, Coldplay and other, other big UK based bands that they would pull from. So I um, highly recommend checking them out. Tongue is probably my favorite on that uh, music and mouth album, but they honestly don't have a bad song that I've heard. So highly recommend. Cool. Well, we'll just, we'll go back to the regular order and you can just go right into your number six. Okay. Back to the regular order, back to my number six and back to indie rock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a, another band. Um, now, they had a bigger hit uh, later on. I think it was like 2009 when their song Heaven came out. It actually might even be even earlier or more recent, like 2012 or I can't remember. Um, but I found out about these guys first. Actually, it was later than 2005, but I found out about them um, when I was going to Lollapalooza and these guys were going to be there. And so I started researching like all the bands that I could find. And these guys were there and I'm like, oh, man, I really like their sound. Uh, and so I started listening to him like crazy. And this song came out, I think, in 2004, 2003, something like that. Uh, but it is The Walkman, and this song is called The Rat. You've got a to be asking a favor. You've got a to be calling my number. I 
I want to say I've heard that before. It might have been hitting some like lesser like rock charts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's massive, uh, no. but it was definitely their biggest. I think their biggest hit from some of their earlier stuff from 2004 when it came out. Okay, that's cool. There were a lot actually. There were a lot of indie rock bands that I had considered for the list, and then I realized that a lot of them were after sure. 2005. So like there were some that was like 2006, 2007. I'm like, eh, it's it's not quite making the cut. Sure. So, but no, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, that, it charted in the UK and Scotland. So, I mean, it probably had made some rounds. Sure, around. it looks like that's sure. I, I, if I had, if I was hard pressed to guess, it was probably someone probably used it in a TV show or an ad or something that. like that. I could yeah. see, I could see that song being used for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my number six is my only song that actually made the Billboard Top 100. Um, mm-hmm. It also kind of skirts the line because actually was released in two thousand five. Okay, so it's kind of you little line skirter, you. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's the only one that's that's like that, and it's from a well known musician. But he was he's probably more well known for being part of a band. But this was off of his solo album. Um, it was I believe his first solo album called Something to Be from two thousand and five, and the artist is Rob Thomas. Okay, and the song is called. Street okay. is what? Is Nothing. I was gonna choke. If you say smooth, I will fucking punch you. I, you know what? So overrated. I, I actually considered <laughs> saying that as a joke. Okay. I actually considered saying it. No, uh, this is called Street Corner Symphony. It's a clear day in this city. Let's go dance under the street lights. All the people in this world. Let's come together more than ever. I can feel it. It, it sounds almost um, like uh, like I, I can kind of remember, but it just, it just I think it has like a, a sound that is kind of um, you know reminiscent of other stuff. But it sounds really good. It's it's a fantastic song. Another song that I learned uh, for the band that I was playing with. Someone said, I was like, really? Rob Thomas? And then I heard it. I'm like, oh, man. It To me, it always has that sort of opening. The It has sort of a reminiscence of like Rolling Stones a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of that style of guitar. I mean, it's a little bit more produced than, you know, the older older Rolling, Rolling Stones albums. But it kind of reminded me of that. Um, it's, it's just a great kind of upbeat song about, you know, everyone let's come together on the street corner. You know, everyone of uh, the line... Um, Come on over, my sisters and my brothers of every different color. Just a, a kind of a unity song, and it's a great uplifting song, and I really like it. Yeah, that's a good one. That is, yeah, exactly. There's always nice to have those uplifting, almost Anthony anthem. It's not quite an anthem song, but right. like it is. It feels good. Yeah, that's great. It uh, it hits sixty four on the Billboard Top one hundred. Okay. So you know, not a top forty hit, not a top ten no. hit, but uh, it you know it. Someone was listening to it clearly, but. It was the only one, and I honestly, this was probably the song that kind of inspired me to put the underrated songs list mm, on the thing. Okay. I was like, I really want to talk about this song. So, all right, uh, number five. All right, uh, my number five is from kind of like a uh, country esque jam band, rock style, bluegrass, all, all those kind of elements. Um, I I have no idea. I wish I could tell you how I found them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a while. I have no idea, but I got their 1999 album, The Nashville Sessions, a long time ago, and I've listened to it. I like it a lot. Uh, and then this song um, that's on there uh, is just one. I recommend the entire album. Um, jam bands are very cool. You know, I love them. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big like fish guy or whatnot, but I probably need to check them out because once I've gotten into some of them, I like these guys. I like Blues Traveler. It's very jam bandy. Dave, Dave Matthews Band. Obviously, very jam bandy, um, but I'm gonna call out one that I think is a prettier song from this album. Uh, it's called "It's Your World." Just turn and walk away. You're not the first to make mistakes. But don't wait till it's too late. It's not too late. It's your world. Don't let 
it's one that I can just sit and groove to sure. this particular song. Yeah. Um, I do. I want to call out the Nashville Sessions. I'm looking at some of the people who played with them um, on this album. Uh, Jerry Douglas, Bella Fleck, Waylon Jennings, Taj Mahal, Earl Scruggs, Lucinda Williams. Like, so they get holy like a lot of shit. Holy shit. They get some fantastic people. Um, so it's an album. Every kind of song has like a different sound to them. That's even cool. with this, with this album. Um, but for some reason, I like I've just there's a couple of the songs I particularly latched on to latched onto. It's your world kind of made my and I've talked about this playlist a hundred times is my any times playlist. Mm hmm. And it's one. It, those are songs that I can listen to, and they'll always just calm me down. They'll kind of refocus me, recenter me, um, and that's a, one of those pretty songs that can help kind of do that for me, especially when surrounded by other songs like that. So, um, want to definitely call out and give some love to Leftover Salmon. That's cool. Uh, all right. So, my number five. We're on five, right? Yes, we're on five. Yep, just five. All right, so my number five is from a band you've heard of, but I bet you've hardly ever listened to. Okay. Um, they're a big name um, as an influence, and that's because the band has been around since the 60s, um, but they continue to put out albums periodically, um, and every album is completely different from the one that they put out before, like vastly different. So much so that I actually had three different songs that I was trying to vie for for basically which one of theirs that I was going to put on here. And uh, one of them came off of the, uh, the 1982 album, which was the one that I picked. The other two came off of like a 2002 album um, mm -hmm. that I loved. And no, they don't sound anything alike. If you didn't know it was okay. the same band, you wouldn't think it was the same band. Mm -hmm. um, and and this one doesn't sound anything like their original release. Now they're more, they're probably more famous for their original release. Uh, the band is King Crimson. I definitely heard that name. Yeah. Um, and so they're they're more known for their their first album was probably their best known album. But in 1982, they released a album called Beat, which had a lot of sort of synth poppy elements to it. And on that album was probably my favorite King Crimson song called Waiting Man. It's got almost stingish vibes from uh, that. A little bit. Uh, a little this, bit. That sounds this, great. This would have been very, before. Very interesting. Yeah, this would have been before Sting. So a lot of linear interlocking rhythms that happen in the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, um, the bass player, which is Tony. Oh, my God. Why did I forget his name? Um, he was the same bass player who played on Peter Gabriel's album, So. When we talked mm. that album, we talked about him. He was the bass player for him. Um, he's playing an instrument called the Chapman Stick, which is like a vertically held bass guitar that you play by tapping on it. So you okay. don't pluck it or anything. You tap on it. Um, that's where that original, that initial rhythm is coming from. Dun, 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 bum, bum, bum. And then there's some synth pad like drums that are interspersed in there along with some real drums. It's a very 80s synthy sounding song, but it's also very mm -hmm. progressive. So it's, it's a very progressive rock sound using more synthesizer-y instruments instrumentations i would say king crimson continues to fascinate me with just the multitudes of stuff that they put out in different styles one of the other ones i had was like a straight up hard rock song hmm. it's just it's just crazy stuff but in the end like waiting man's another one that i can just kind of like let it play and almost zone out while i'm listening to it nice uh, all right number four all right my number four i know you're gonna know it because uh, i believe you also have this album um, this is an artist who was part of a pretty big eighties band. Uh, and then he did this album on his own in 2003. That is mostly acoustic covers of songs that he did with that popular eighties band, um, an Australia popular eighties band, but he also did some new recordings of some of his own stuff. And I'm not going to do some of the songs that were bigger, the bigger ones overkill down mm -hmm. under yeah. and his acoustic versions are phenomenal. 
Acoustic but version wanna, of Overkill is like one of. The, I think it's way better than the actual Poppy version. To be honest sure. with you, it's, it's a great, great version. Yep. Um, but he did a new chill version of his own song. He had a 1987 album um, where he had a song called "Looking for Looking for Jack," and I've always loved his version on this acoustic mm. kind of album, um, which is called "Colin Hay Man at Work" instead of the band Men at Work that he right. was a part of. Uh, so yeah, I want to call out "Looking for Jack" by Colin Hay. Cause he's as cool as they come. Yeah, I always wanted to be like Jack. Still for me, he's the one. Someday, 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 someday. It's hard to call it maybe maybe not hard to call it underrated but mm-hmm. it got some love on scrub season two um colin hay was like right. a you know he was in the first episode and actually some of his music appeared uh throughout some of the, that whole season actually yeah but uh looking for jack i didn't think got some of the love that some of the other songs did um and just in general i think it's a beautiful album that's a beautiful song uh so i just wanted to give a little extra light out to the man at work album i'm particularly looking for jack by colin hay that's that's cool. He 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 is currently on tour with Ringo Starr and his All Star Band, oh. and they came to town a couple months ago. And I almost went to go see them because it's basically mm. just Ringo Starr with a bunch of like well known, you know, singers and and guys from other bands. And I, I think some of Colin Hayes' stuff is in the set list. Oh, like, that'd I, be great. I'm pretty sure I saw a video of them doing like Overkill or something with the whole band. So nice. honestly, that'd be that'd be fun to see. Um, yeah. I kind of wish I had gone, but. No one wanted to go with me, so I didn't go. Yeah, yeah, oh, jerks. I know. Um, okay, you're not gonna know my number four. This band only put out one album. Okay. Um, they were an indie band. Um, it was the band. The you know the album was was released. Um, it wasn't distributed very well. And how I found out about this band was this uh, in college. I had some buddies who had gone to school with. John Mayer's roommate from um, when he was in Berkeley. So mm, okay. John Mayer, John Mayer went to Berkeley. He had a roommate. It was this guy, and I think his name was Clay, something Clay or Clay something, something Clay. Sorry, I, I apologize for not remembering his name. Um, it's gonna come to me like like way too late. Mm. They moved down to Atlanta, and then John Mayer basically abandoned him and went to L.A. Um, if you look, uh, if you look at John Mayer's first album, at least three of the songs were co-written by this guy. Oh, um, wow. so he actually, he, he's not a fan of John Mayer. So anyway, he was doing a solo set and my friends went to go see him when they went to go see him. They were going to leave after his set, but he said, no, 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 you've got to stay and listen to these guys. So they stayed and they came back with the CD cause they loved it so much. I heard it. And I said, the next time you go to a show, buy me a CD, here's some money. Okay. And that's exactly what they did. They went back to see them. He got they got a CD. I got I got it, and it's been a mainstay of me ever of my listening ever since. Um, it is from a 2003 album called Firstborn. Um, it is available on Apple or on iTunes. I'm sure it's available in other places too. But like I got it off of iTunes. The whole album is one I could have done. And before I name before I named the song because I had a hard time picking one. Um, the the lead singer is a guy named Luke Bulla. He is currently the fiddle player for uh, who was the ugly guy who was married to uh, to uh, Julia. What's her Julia name? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Lyle Lovett. He oh, is, okay. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he is currently that. Lyle Lovett's fiddle player, uh, okay. and and he's a backup singer for them as well. Um, but they, this was his band. He also was friends with Chris Tile. Who was one of the members of Nickel Creek? If you remember, like the Nickel Creek Rays, yeah. they co-wrote a song, and that song is both on Nickel Creek's album. The song was called "Beauty in the Mess," um, which I think was released as a single by Nickel Creek, but it's also on this album. And actually, I like this album's version better. The band was called Wise Child, and the song I chose off of that album is called "Just Fine." Oh. 
the album, he does play uh, some fiddle in there. There's some folk elements. There's some country elements. There's some rock elements. It's really kind of an indie folk rock style album. The whole thing from top to bottom is absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I'm, I was sure no one had ever heard of this, so I highly recommend you go look it out and just listen to the whole thing. Nice. It's funny. I almost picked a John Mayer song. Oh, really? uh, for my list, yeah, but I I didn't because it it was um it was released in 2006, oh, okay. and so I was like ah I didn't do it, but uh, it was on the Continuum album. Um, but that's funny, very funny. All right, all right. Uh, number three, number three. Uh, you're gonna know the band. You may or may not know the song, um, and it's because I want to squash the idea that this band was a one album wonder. Mm-hmm. Um. If not, you know, not they're definitely not a one-hit wonder because they had a couple songs. Now, this is not my favorite song. My favorite song by them is from their most well-known album and is probably their most well-known song, Mr. Wendell. Um, but they have so many other songs. I have seen them live. They're phenomenal. Um, I have got... Uh, I have a wine bottle that they made and they signed for me upstairs. Um, oh, nice. uh, Pinot Noir. Maybe one day I'll drink it. I'm sure I will because I doubt that they're, you know, great procurers of wine. But do, can I say that I have an Arrested Development <laughs> Pinot Noir? You damn straight I can. Yeah, <laughs> got it upstairs. Um, but this is actually from their second album, which I wouldn't say was considered a flop. It peaked at number 55 on the Billboard 200 charts, but none of their songs really hit the charts. Yeah. It, and it's a flop compared to they came they won a Grammy for best new best new artist so yeah. it's it's definitely a flop compared to that um, and they have so many good songs and I and I can't recommend them enough so I just had to pick one so I'm gonna pick United Front uh, on their second album which came out in 1994 which is called uh, Zinga La Maduni Zinga La Maduni um, but the song yeah is United Front. Arrested Development was and has been that was, uh, one of my favorite hip hop um, groups of all time. Um, they've had some different shuffling around, but what I love the best about them is they give positive, political, and inclusive lyrics. Like they, they basically they're just sending a message of you know of of positivity and wanting to do better. But you know, and there's there's some political aspects in there. You know, they definitely bring sure. some of that stuff about. And I love I love it when it's intelligent that what I'm getting like in my songwriting um, and particularly in my hip hop. I love intelligent hip hop uh, and Arrested Development is as smart as they come um, speech in particular, who is kind of the main guy there. Um, I love his stuff. Uh, so wanted to call up, make sure that everyone knows that Arrested Development is not a, you know, one one off with the three years, five months, two days in the life of album, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal album. Yes. Don't get me wrong. John and I talked about it. Yeah. But there is more that they've done. Like I have, I think I haven't, I don't have like their last album or last two, but I need to get them because they're keep, they're still making music and I love what they're doing. So absolutely check them out. Yeah. And I saw them, uh, at, at Adam's, uh, suggestion. I went mm-hmm. and saw them live while they were here in Vegas. Um, it was in a small room. Um, mm-hmm. it was surprisingly not empty, but not as full as I think it should have been. Uh-huh. Man, they were fantastic. It was a very simple setup. They had uh, a drummer, a DJ, yeah. a guitar player, and the three singers, and that was pretty much it. And mm-hmm. man, it was so good. Such a mm-hmm. good show. My number three is another one uh, from my teenage years uh, that was introduced to me by a friend. And oddly enough, uh, I kind of came to bond uh, with my wife's cousin over it because he was shocked to find out I knew the song. Um, and was a fan of it. Uh, it's from a 1994 English album, British album called, even though it's called Dos Dedos Mis Amigos. <laughs> okay. Um, it did make number 28 on the UK singles chart, but it didn't chart at all sure. in the US. Um, and it is from the band Pop Will Eat Itself. 
and is called Ich bin ein Ausländer. I think I can guess which cousin uh, that you bonded with. It's got to be Jeremy. It was Jeremy. Yeah, it's got to be Jeremy. <laughs> um, it's got it's got it's a little bit of industrial uh, in there. Some heavy guitars, a little bit of techno. It's not the best, well produced song, um, mm-hmm. but it's a really catchy guitar riff in the chorus. I like the da 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 da. You know, very Kashmir ish. Yeah, it um, is. And it's it's a very political song uh, as well um, about kind of you know people um i think kind of like wanting to get rid of foreigners in england at that point which is why they used the song ich bin ein ausländer i'm a foreigner mm-hmm. um as the as the title just to kind of show i guess solidarity or whatever um but it's always it's always been one i really latched onto and enjoyed definitely not a well-known song yeah i, I did not recommend or recognize it at all but uh yeah solid Interesting, interesting. Interesting, sure. yes. Interesting, sure. Uh, all right, uh, your number two. Yeah, my number two and my number one, I will say, are mainstay, like, Desert Island songs, probably, for me. Like, there, it's at one point or another, both of these might have been, like, you know, kind of like my most played song on my iTunes playlist um, kind of thing. Uh, this band is another, going back to indie rock, for this, uh, for this number two spot. Um, I got introduced to this group in college. Uh, one of my friends um, lent me an album and said, hey, Adam, I, you check this this group out. And I was hesitant at first, and then I listened to them, and I fell in love. Um, absolutely love these guys. I They stopped. I think they broke up in 2018 mm. um, is what I see. But I have every single one of their albums, and every single one of their albums is phenomenal. Uh, their first one is the only one that is before 2005, so I had to pick a song from there, <laughs> which is all right because, like I said, this is a song that is my favorite by them. This is a song that if I had to pick, like, hey, here's a one, here's a, a, a flash drive of music and they, all you can fit on or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, 20 songs or 50 songs or something, this pro- this song will make that list, I think. Um, and it's uh, they have some very interesting song title names um the band is called minus the bear i absolutely love their stuff they have some songs called monkey knife fight and hey want to throw up or get me naked to electric boogaloo uh but the song i am particularly calling out is absinthe party at the fly honey warehouse It's another got a, a a groove to it, if you will, that you can just kind of sit and kind of just listen and bob your head to. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do love the the lyrics to this song. Um, it, 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 to me, it's it's kind of talking about like guys go. It's like they're going to. I think it's uh, they're somewhere in like in Europe, and they're talking about sitting on a a, a park bench that's older than my country. That kind of thing, you know, like a, yeah. a park bench, which you, you go to like UK and you're like, oh, hey, this bar has been here since the 1500s. Right. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, this <laughs> stool has been right here since like the 1500s. <laughs> Fucking A. America hasn't even been around that long. Right. Like that kind of stuff. It's pretty damn cool. Um, But in set, besides that, it's just it is a song that I, you know, I've always loved. And I don't know why. There's also an acoustic. They put out an acoustics album, mm-hmm. two acoustic albums, actually. And both of those are incredible. There's an acoustic version of this that sometimes I like even more than the original. But I go back and forth. 
Um, and it's just, it's a song I've always adored and uh, an indie rock band that I don't think nearly enough people know about, minus the bear, and my favorite song by them, Absinthe, Absinthe Party at the Fly Honey Warehouse. That's cool. I was just looking while you were playing it. I was looking up some stuff. So that album uh, was uh, produced by a guy named Steve Fisk, who was a producer in Seattle and actually engineered some of the early grunge albums by like Soundgarden. Uh, he did Nirvana's oh. Blue Sessions, which is kind of like some independent stuff that they had done. Um, Screaming Trees, like mm-hmm. that's that's cool. That's that's good company to be in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, my number two. Yet another one that I came to love as a teenager. Um, this one is a little bit heavier. Um, it's on the metal-y side. And there, this song was originally released in 1993 off of the album 2, The Final Option. But it was from the 1995 Rings of Steel remix album that I really fell in love with this particular version. It is from the German heavy metal industrial band Decrups. And the song is called To the Hilt. Woke up, still in the dream. Nothing to say, can't pronounce my name. I open my mouth, words come out that make no sense for a stranger's ear. In a foreign language, in a foreign land. Now I'm an alien on a different planet. Makes it clear, I understand. We're all strangers on a foreign land. Burn the bridges, forge ahead. To the hilt. It's just a rocking song. And I will flat out say I know that song because you have played that song yeah. for me uh, multiple times. Yeah. To the hilt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's uh, it, it it's it's definitely very German and angry sounding. Yeah. Um, industrial. <laughs> the, I, the original version is cool, but the sort of remix, they had a bunch of, of, of uh, English uh, like DJs and producers do a, a complete remix of a bunch of their songs, and that was the 95 album Rings of Steel. That version of To the Hilt, I think, is like the heaviest and best mm. ver- best version. It's got the it's got a little bit of the sort of industrial techno vibe with it, on top of the really heavy, heavy rocking guitar riff. Just really catchy head bobby, head banging stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. Your number one. All right. Uh, my number one, I actually didn't follow your methodology of um, if I hadn't talked about it on a movie, because I did talk about a, about this one on a movie, and it was a movie that meant a lot to me. Um, it's one that we have talked about, as I said, um, and it's one that we talked about somewhat recently. Oh. Uh, uh, recently-ish. It's not, eye, like the it's last- not eye to eye. It's not eye to eye. Okay. Uh, eye to eye is I adore eye to eye, but everybody knows eye to eye. Everybody loves eye to eye. It's true uh, because it's the best Disney song of all time. That's why. And so it's not can't be underrated. But um, this guy, uh, his name's Richard Butler, uh, who did this song, and I think he was with a band called Love Spit Love at the time where this song came out. Um, he was you would know him mostly from his work with the Psychedelic Furs. Mm. Uh, that's where he got most of his um, now or his his music out there. Uh, but this song is one of the opening tracks to my beloved film Angus. Mm. Uh, and I know I talked about it, but I don't care. Like I said, with uh, with also Absinthe Party at the Fly Honey Warehouse, this is another one that is on my like take this song with me list um, because I will want to listen to it wherever I go. Um, if I'm on a desert island, I want to listen to Love Spit Loves, Am I Wrong? And it's funny, even when I listen to it, I still hear because in in Angus they're playing it over 
um, where like there's a marching band, like a football game starting off that movie, mm-hmm. and they go to dun, 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 like have a snare going and some other stuff to it. Mm-hmm. They kind of even fill out the sounds, and I still kind of fill that out in my head. Mm. Um, I'm, and this song is partly because of an ultra nostalgia I have for the Angus movie, um, but this song ended up being like my heavily most played song on iTunes for like a long, long time. <laughs> I don't know why it was one I could just put on repeat, like just the song itself and have the song going and going and going. Um, it, it's uh, it's, I find it beautiful. I like, I like the voice behind it. I like everything about the song. It's not in like an overtly amazing song. I will say it's not like, wow, this is the most unique sound or most, you know, even the last one minus the bear has a lot more electronic and more different sounding stuff that they're trying. This one sounds fairly, fairly generic, fairly innocuous, mm-hmm. but because of my nostalgic tie, I cannot shake my love for this song. Sure. It's very uh, 90s alternative indie rock. Um, mm-hmm. Reminds me a lot of like Toad the Wet Sprocket, that sort of thing. Sure. But it's yes. a good song. I mean, we, we did talk about it when we talked about Angus. It's a, it's a, it's a fine song. I don't have that nostalgic tie because I had not seen Angus. Oh, yeah. that's, that's fine. That's really cool. I like that. Uh, okay. Um, my number one is also not going to be one that you were familiar with. It is also from a band that only put out one album. Um, they were from the Southern California area. I think the Orange County area, I think. Um, we were introduced to them, um, from a gaming friend, um, in the mid to late, uh, noughties, as we were taught to say by, uh, <laughs> Simon Hood. Uh, we had a gaming friend, my wife and I used to play, we didn't play World of Warcraft. Actually, we did play World of Warcraft, but that was after we started playing the Lord of the Rings online game. Um, and we made a bunch of friends online that way. And one of our friends who was from Orange County had, has said, hey, there's a band here. They just put out an album. You need to listen to it. And it's been a steady rotation ever since. Um, it's a fan, another album review I could have done of that entire thing. The album came out in 2004. Uh, the album was called Blowing Over, which was also one of the songs. And the band is called 12 Hour Mary. It's all one word. 12-Hour Mary, and I had a hard time picking one, but I opted to go with the kind of the big ballad in the, in the album, and it's called Face It. It's a it's a fantastic band. The songwriting is just top notch. the The singer has a very unique voice, kind of a unique frequency mm-hmm. in his voice. Um, the drummer is amazing. The guitar riffs are really good. The whole album is very well produced. Unfortunately, it was the only one they released, and then they broke up. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I ho- I keep hearing or I keep hoping that maybe one day they'll they'll do a reunion or something like that but i think they've all kind of spread five sheets to the wind at this point so i don't think it'll ever happen um i cannot recommend this band enough and this particular album blowing over it is amazing i liked i liked the sound that i was getting i mean i got yeah like uh like it felt like i don't know almost oasisy at times it all felt mm-hmm. almost like you know yeah i mean it, it sounded like uh, um, a indie-ish rock sound that that Sounds you know I, I, that I would like that is generic, yeah. but a good one. Yeah, sounded very good. Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah. all right. Well, I I I'm not I'm not surprised we didn't have any of the same songs. We didn't have any of the same bands at all, which really isn't that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's such an open concept. Yeah, you could have done anything. Done with anything, this. which is which is good because I I. I thought for our last top ten, I wanted to be able to just highlight some stuff that we didn't get to highlight 
yeah. uh, before. You basically just wanted to make music recommendations for people to check that's out. That's exactly like- what I wanted to do. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to do. And you know what? It's our podcast, so that's what we're going to do. It. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right, folks. That was... Oh, wait. Do you have any uh, honorable mentions you want to throw out? Oh. Um, I have a couple I could say. Let's see. Uh, yeah, band... Uh, no, go ahead. Um, so in uh, 2001... Uh, the band The Cult, which is mostly known from the 80s, put out a song called Rise, which I think was just an absolutely rocking fucking song. And it only got a little bit of radio play. And then it just kind of disappeared. Because most people yeah. know, like, She Sells Sanctuary and stuff like that from, like, the 80s. But, like, the Rise is a f- really awesome, like, rocking song. I really recommend okay. that one. Um, and then... Uh, if you remember, uh, there was a, in, a indie artist in like the late '90s, or no, early 2000s, um, called Gem. She was from England. I, I mean, just okay. named like Gem from Gem and the Holograms or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she had an album. Her first album is also really good, and and the song "Come On Closer" is really good. It was actually used in the movie Closer. If you remember that one, it had. Uh, Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah, I, 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 of course, and I Julie Roberts. That it was used. I don't know what else uh, happened in that movie except for <laughs> Natalie Portman. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's all I paid attention yeah, to. Yeah, um, it was either used in the trailer for it or in the actual movie. But this, come on closer. It's it's she's a she's kind of a like a pop artist, and they use she uses a lot of samples. So she creates her music doing samples, and then she writes her songs on top of it. So. Okay. Uh, it's 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 an interesting one. And the last one I'll throw out just cuz I I had thought about it. Um I'm a you know, we're big fans of the band Oasis. Um their first album, most people only remember the song Live Forever. They came off mm. of their very first album, but the song Up in the Sky is also a really great song off of that one. Really good guitar hook and I I like that one too. So, those will be my okay. other recommendations. I'll throw out um John, you would recognize this album. Uh, there was an album, they're a jam band called uh, The Radiators, kind of a classic rock jam band, oh, and they had a, an it, album, I, Bucket of Fish. Yes. Are you going to Yeah, Drinking Dragon's Blood? Drinking Dragon's yeah. Blood is one of my favorites. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. great Drinkin song. Drinking Dragon's Blood. Hey, uh, hey, darling. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I mean, I think if you like kind of classic rock stuff or blues rock jam band stuff, um, they're absolutely one to check out That's as well. a great song. The whole album actually is really good. Yeah. Kamikaze is great on that yeah. one. Um, I tried Nightmare to, on the Misery Train. I tried yeah. to get my band to play that one, but we never got around to it. Uh, sure. That's a yeah. That's a good. That's a route. That's really. I hadn't thought about that one in a while. Uh, all right. Well, that was our top ten underrated songs. Please join us next time for our final episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody i'm tim and i'm dean and we're the hosts of talking back we're a retro-based podcast covering movies comics video games and more check us out every monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past we like to keep things fun lighthearted, and informative do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life then check out talking back we're available everywhere podcasts are found